besties welcome back to the love that for me podcast how are we doing i hope you all are having an absolutely stunning week listening to this podcast whatever you're doing if you're going on a walk if you're cleaning your room no matter what you're doing but what i want you to do before we get into today's episode is click that five stars because on spotify now you can rate a podcast and I would love nothing more than a five-star rating to fuel my ego and to make me more of a narcissist than I already am. (laughs) Anywho, Botox. Let's talk about it. I want to talk about Botox today because I like Botox and I will never forget when I learned all the way back in the only course I did not drop out of which was makeup. (laughs) Three-time college dropout, we love to see it. Anywho, I learned that as a white woman, my skin ages horrendously. It's just in my genetics to age badly. And I never wanted that for myself. And that is a decision for as long as I can remember. I never wanted wrinkles. Now, You could say I have been heavily influenced by the ideology that women should be youthful forever, by the beauty standard. Maybe I have been. But for as long as I can remember, I never liked the look of wrinkles. And maybe in a past life, I aged really badly and I promised myself that no matter who I come back as, she is going to have phenomenal skin. Also, I do think it's kind of me taking back my power because when I was younger, from age 10 or 11, I had very awful acne all my teen years, right up till I was about 21 or 22. I was on Roactane. I had Dianette, I was on the pill, the strongest pill that is now kind of off the market in a few places because of the lovely side effects I suffered. So I'm like, I had the bad skin thing, okay? Now I want, my face is my pride and joy, besties, the money maker. So I have no shame in my Botox game. And I'm here today to talk about Botox with all of you because not only am I a fan of freezing my face but I also want to break it down for those of you who might have any misconceptions about Botox and I also want to talk about my not so good experience with Botox so it can inform you and kind of help you navigate the life journey that is freezing your face muscles so that you do not get deep set lines because I don't want deep set lines in my face and that is my choice and that is my prerogative and we are not putting people who don't age natural or yeah who don't age naturally on this pedestal and then looking at people who get work done not to age as less than because it's the same thing okay just because I am destined to age badly doesn't mean I have to. And also, I think badly is the wrong word because aging 
is stunning. I don't think there's anything wrong with aging. I don't think there's anything wrong with wrinkles. Contrary to everything I have just said, I don't look at other people who have wrinkles as not beautiful. But I think the main point here is that we all choose what we want to do based on our own decisions and our own self-awareness as opposed to doing something because it's in vogue or on trend. Because trends go around and around and around. So I do not want any of you listening basing a surgical procedure, a medical surgical procedure based on someone else's decision or based on you thinking you have to get it because everyone else has it. It should come from within. And my choice really has came from within. So, Botox. I have only got Botox in my life twice. So am I the most qualified person to talk about this? Absolutely not. But I'm talking from experience. And that is why this podcast is titled Botox in Your 20s. Because I'm in my 20s. So that's what I can speak from. That is the experience I can speak from. The first time I got Botox was September 2020. So I was 26. I was on the 30s side of 20, not the 20s side of 20. And I had discovered a stunning line in between my eyebrows because I work online and I guess throughout the pandemic is when I started working more online and when I'm really concentrating I frown and I got this stunning line in between my eyebrows and I was like this has to go I am not waiting until she gets deeper and then trying to fix the problem because that's what some people do some people are like oh I'm too young to get it now like I'm 26 I'm 27 I'm 28 like I'll get it when I'm older but the problem is if you wait too long and the wrinkle becomes really deep set then Botox won't actually fix it so just be aware in that decision that you're making for yourself so I discovered the wrinkle and I was like I made the mental note I was like okay we're gonna have to start researching and I had researched via Instagram (laughs) A few different doctors that I thought I would like to go to and my main idea was to actually fly to New York and go to the doctor that does makeup by Mario and YouTube like for YouTube like fly to New York go to his doctor get the Botox fly home make a YouTube video out of it you know exploiting my life decisions for content we're always doing that so that was my initial decision but it was 2020 the world was not opening up like that yet. So my hopes were dashed. And coincidentally, I was offered Botox in exchange for content. This was the first red flag. I don't think that I would ever do a medical procedure or surgery in exchange for content again, just because I think if it's something to do with your face or your body or changing something about yourself, that you should be going into it, paying for it and going to the doctor because you really research them and you like them and you like your vibe. But 2020 Rebecca was broke. 
okay that is a past self I do not identify as her anymore but I did not have the funds to be getting my face frozen and you know what I was like okay I've been doing this YouTube thing for a few years this seems like a fantastic idea and I was going to Brazil and I was like the sun is just going to make me wrinkle up my face more and make all of these lines worse. And I was desperate, okay? I'm admitting it. I was desperate. I was desperate to freeze my face for free. So I went to the person who did my Botox and we had a consultation. We talked about it. I did feel very comfortable. I'm not going to lie. I did feel very comfortable that person had qualifications, she had trained. Now, I don't think she had been practicing for a number of years. She was trained and she did all her training and she got all her qualifications, but I'm pretty sure she had only began practicing Botox. Like, I think she was very new, which is why she would have offered me to do it for free for promotion, which makes sense. And I got Botox. Now, I did like my result. The only result I did not like was my lips. And you might be thinking, Rebecca, no, you're talking about filler. Filler goes in your lips. Botox goes in your wrinkles. No, 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 no. I got Botox in my upper lip on recommendation because I have a slight gummy smile. It's not a very obvious gummy smile. I actually really, really like my natural smile but I do have quite small teeth which and quite small lips which I think results in you being able to see some gum when I like smile naturally and I was like you know what while I'm here two birds one stone I'm going to ask about the gummy smile see what I can do to kind of fix that and I'm going to be honest in my head I was like surely if I just get some lip filler that'll make my lip bigger and then you won't be able to see the gummy smile but this person suggested me getting Botox in my upper lip area to or the muscles beside my lip to stop the lip from moving as much which would result in a less gummy smile which makes so much sense but what wasn't explained to me was the fact that it would change my entire smile. And as someone who really likes her smile, oh my God, did it change my smile. Now, to be fair, I didn't really notice it at the time because you know, the thing with Botox is when you get Botox, it kind of fades, it, it fades into your skin, if that makes sense. So you don't get Botox and wake up the next day with like a frozen face. It takes a few days kind of activate I guess so it kind of happens over time you know it's like if you see your friend today and you see her tomorrow and the next day you don't notice changes in her appearance whereas if you haven't seen her for a year then you will same thing with Botox so I didn't really notice but when I look back on the vlogs from when I was in Brazil and besties you can go look too (laughs) go to my YouTube channel and look at the Brazil vlogs, my mouth does not really move. And my smile is different, the way I talk is different. It's just, it wasn't me, and I I really did not like it. 
Um, so that is kind of why I was not rushing back to that person who did my Botox in the first place because I just felt like I just there was just my gut was telling me not to go back and like the upper lip thing I just I didn't want to so I didn't and that's fine and I then so that was September 2020 so obviously the thing with Botox is it's not filler okay so when you get filler you get something injected into your face like a foreign body and it stays there and it can migrate so people normally get filler maybe in their cheeks in their jaw in their lips some people get filler in their nose all different places but filler is like a foreign body that kind of stays under the skin whereas botox just freezes the muscle so botox doesn't really make you look puffy or that you can get pillow face or make you look swollen and you can't get botox dissolved as opposed to filler so botox is just something that is injected into the muscle and then over time it wears off as opposed to having to be dissolved if that makes sense so that's kind of the difference between Botox and filler because I know some people are quite confused about that and another thing I really liked about the Botox was it gives you this like shiny forehead vibe like your skin tone's so even you look so nice I really liked it so I was a big fan of how the Botox made my forehead in general because and it made that line like totally disappear because the line in between my eyebrows was quite faint and then I I knew I was going to get Botox again Botox isn't the type of thing that you get one time then you never get it again like you do kind of have to keep getting it because obviously it does wear off so September 2020 and I didn't get it again until yesterday I know so I did go like a year and a half because I knew if I was going to get it again that I wanted to go to a clinic that had a really good reputation and a doctor that had years and years and years and years experience of injecting different people and different faces and all that that's just what I wanted so I knew I was going to have to go to Dublin because I'm from Kerry and I not that I'm sure there are so many people in Kerry that do Botox and it's amazing but I just had this notion that I wanted to go to the city I wanted to go to a city to a well-known clinic with a really good reputation so that is what I did and I wanted to pay for it this time you know be a paying customer and be doing it because I felt really comfortable with the doctor and everything like that as opposed to like I'm getting a deal on this or I'm getting this for free so I went yesterday to get the Botox and I immediately felt very relaxed. We chatted, she asked me did I ever have Botox before, I told her about my past experience and she confirmed my issue with my lip saying that she would never inject the lower half of the face. She said the only place she would inject in the lower half of the face is the masseter muscles which is your jaw do some people like grind their teeth or clench their jaw and it can cause headaches and everything like that so you can get botox in your jaw for that but she said putting botox 
in the upper lip area because there's so many different muscles there and because obviously your mouth is so active she would never do it she doesn't like how it looks she doesn't like the results people can have issues speaking or their smile can totally change which was obviously my experience with it and I got the Botox done again yesterday Woo! her face is frozen that was a joke <laughs> but I went yesterday in Dublin if you follow me on Instagram you will know where I went and I'm not mentioning where I went not because of gatekeeping but just because I only got it done yesterday I haven't seen the Botox come into effect I haven't had the aftercare and just after last time I'm just I don't want to promote anywhere really I'm a paying customer so I went there yesterday I will of course be updating on my Instagram and all things like that and if you want to know where I went like literally just message me and tag me but I just don't want to put it out into the world and into the internet before I've had the full experience so I went yesterday and I got two areas done so I got in between my eyebrows done for that stunning line and then I got around my crow's feet done because when I scrunch up my eyes in the sun it's like line city they go all the way back to my hairline and I'm like if this ages and if these lines be get bigger they're going to be very intense and I don't want that and that is absolutely fine so I got two areas and we were chatting and I felt so so comfortable with the doctor and also yesterday my skin was having this massive flare-up I don't know obviously a new product that I used just did not agree with my skin at all in the slightest and I have like this big inflamed flare-up and she did that thing that like most skin professionals do and she was like what skincare do you use because obviously my skin was in bits and I was like I know my skin is having an absolute mare at the moment but I was telling her everything I usually use and that my skin like I had noticed it was very inflamed and she I asked her for a recommendation of a product to kind of calm it down and she gave me a good recommendation of a skin suticals one so I'm using that to kind of get my skin to calm down waiting for the Botox to set in because besties if you didn't know when you get Botox you don't wake up the next morning with a frozen face essentially it takes up to two weeks to properly kick into your skin and also I had a friend ask me last night she was like so after the Botox she was like do you feel it in your face like she was like does your face feel different and it doesn't not at all you can't really feel it really to be honest like it doesn't feel different it doesn't feel like I got something injected into my face it's not sore it's literally probably the least painful thing ever like getting your ears pierced your lobes is more painful getting threading done waxing done laser even is more painful than Botox and price wise it was about 300 euros for two areas and I think that's kind of the regular price for Botox like when you think about it 
you don't want to be getting a good deal on your Botox. It's not the type of thing that you would try to pinch your pennies or be a smart, savvy consumer in. And I'm being genuinely serious. Like I think with some things in life, the more you pay, the better because you're paying for the materials that the clinic uses, the experience that the doctor has. I do think when it comes to Botox, besties, don't be looking for the cheapest offer or the best price. And if you're like, okay, Rebecca, but I can't afford Botox. Like not all of us can afford it or are being offered it for free in exchange for a YouTube video. Then my advice to you is SPF. And no, SPF does not have the same crazy effect that Botox has, obviously. But what SPF does do is it prevents sun damage because a lot of the time, lines and wrinkles on your face are from sun damage and from going out in the sun or exposing your skin to light. It could be a light from your phone, a light from your laptop, wherever, a light from the light coming in the window. We don't have to leave our beds to get sun damage, okay? So we want to be using SPF 50 and a really good skincare routine to prevent. And I hate saying the word prevent because as I've already said, if you do not care about aging and you do not care about wrinkles on your face, then more power to you. But I do. And I'm not going to apologize for that. And could it be problematic, me talking about Botox on a podcast? Yes. But you know what I also think is problematic? Putting people who are quote unquote naturally beautiful or naturally fit the beauty standard or naturally don't age on a pedestal but then if someone gets a procedure to match that then it's frowned upon I don't get that let people live let people do what they want if people want to adjust something about them to look a certain way that's their prerogative I don't think that is up for debate I don't think that is up for judgment and I don't think people who are quote unquote natural are therefore better than people who are not, you know? Like when we think of the Kardashians, it's so funny because men sometimes will be like, oh yeah, I like Kendall because she's just so natural. And it's like, Bessie, you do realize she probably has Botox and or an eye lift, eyebrow lift, whatever. And probably other things done. And there is no tea, no shade, no shame in that. But people are like, oh, she's so natural. And then if she publicized all the work she had got done, people be like, oh my God, she's so fake. What's the difference? Someone tell me what the difference is. Someone tell me if I get Botox on my lunch break, why does that make me not a good person? Speaking of... Botox on your lunch break. Botox is the type of procedure that doesn't really have any downtime, doesn't even really have any recovery. It's a very undetectable thing that you can get done. And I think that's why loads of people don't talk about it because it's quite, not irrelevant, but you don't have to tell anyone if you don't want to. And I don't think people should, but I do think when people don't talk about it a lot of the time, 
some people can feel shame into wanting to get it done because it's like well not a lot of people have it or this person is so naturally pretty or doesn't naturally have wrinkles I wish I looked like that and it's like bestie maybe they did have some Botox and there is nothing wrong with that you know a few people wrote in questions to the love that for me dot podcast Instagram so someone said do you find you get other wrinkles other places I assume that this person means when you get Botox does it cause wrinkles in other areas For me personally, I haven't noticed that at all. I don't think that is a thing. I feel like that could be a myth. The only area that I have had wrinkles in, like a a set wrinkle or a set line, is that area between my eyebrows and then around my eyes when I scrunch it up, but not regularly. So no, I don't think Botox causes that. Another person said, was it sore? No. I wouldn't not do it if you're afraid of the pain because it's virtually painless. Someone else said, what areas did I have done? I had between my eyebrows and around my eyes done, but I wouldn't suggest getting somewhere done because someone else has it. I would suggest going to a doctor or a Botox clinic or whatever and having a consultation uh, about your areas of concern and talking to your doctor about what areas would be best for you as opposed to like getting a certain area done because someone else has it I'm not saying you were saying that I'm just saying in general and then cost mine was about 300 euro for what I had done I know the price obviously varies depending on where you are in the world what doctor you go to everything like that but mine was about 300 euro and again besties Botox is not something that we should be trying to get a deal on, in my humble opinion. So yeah, they're all my thoughts about having Botox in your 20s. The only thing I will say is that if you're under 25, in my humble opinion, in my personal opinion, I don't think getting Botox should be on your radar. I think it's great for prevention and I think... Actually, you know what? Everyone's different. If you're in your early 20s, just be sure that you want to get it done for you and that it's your own decision. I think once that we are all self-aware in our own decisions and ultimately at the end of the day do something for us as opposed to for society or for other people or to live up to a certain beauty standard, then who am I to tell you what to do? But in my own experience, before age, I really found that between age 25 and 27, I really came into my own and I really know who I am now. And that will probably change again the next two years and the next two years. But I do think my, a few of the decisions I would have been making from age like 20 to 24 probably weren't the best ones so I would just sit with it I would just let it marinate I would up your skincare game make sure you're wearing SPF every single day like if you're getting preventative Botox but you're not wearing SPF every single day you need to flip that flip it and reverse it you know (laughs) because I don't want to be influencing anyone to do anything 
sort of procedure. I would hate someone to come across, you know, a YouTube video of mine or a podcast episode and be like, oh my God, Rebecca has Botox. I feel like I need to get it now. I would hate that because that's not authentic to you and that is not why I'm talking about it or having an open podcast conversation about my experience. I would also never suggest getting Botox anywhere near your mouth because it changed my entire smile and it actually made me self-conscious because I did not like how it looked. Like when I looked back on photos and videos, it just, it didn't look like me and I really didn't like that. And I think, you know, when you're getting these procedures done, you're looking at yourself every single day. So you don't see one big change. And I know a lot of people who have got certain procedures they it becomes this it becomes this cycle of getting more and getting more and getting more and getting more and then they say that they don't recognize themselves and they dissolve it because you know Molly May for example she dissolved all her filler because she said she just went too far but then again she did start getting it when she was like 17 and I just think at age 17 no one should be getting any procedure like that, especially filler that doesn't wear off. Botox does wear off. So technically, if you get Botox and you don't like your result, like me with my upper lip, it's not the end of the world because it does fade, which is stunning. Obviously, there can be other sides of side effects with Botox if you don't go to a reputable injectors so just besties be really really careful with that I am going back in two weeks for a post Botox consultation where the doctor will have a look at my face and she will see did it kind of have the result that she thought it would have by the amount that she was injecting injecting into my face and she'll also ask me did the Botox that she put in meet my expectations which I think is obviously great. So if you are getting Botox done, make sure that they have that two-week post-treatment service because I think it is very important. And also, do you know what I also think is very important? That you, when you find a Botox practitioner that you like, that you stick with them because they'll know, they'll have it all on record, how much they put in your face last time, how much works for you. Whereas if you are hopping around from doctor to doctor it can be quite experimental I think so I do think to get the desired result over time that it is probably better if you stick with the same doctor and the same practitioner. I'm introducing a new segment of the podcast this week called questions of the week. Is it original? Absolutely not okay. <laughs> this is done in many other podcasts but this episode this week was going to be a Q&A so I asked people on the love that for me dot podcast Instagram page for questions so I didn't do a Q&A but I am going to be answering one of the questions so this week's question of the week comes in from Shauna and she says how to be unapologetically you in my opinion I love this question so, so much. This is why I had this segment because I love this question. Besties, there are a few ingredients when it comes to being 
unapologetically yourself. And the first ingredient is not judging other people. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're like, Rebecca, we're supposed to be talking about me, not not others. Like, what do they have to do with anything? The more you judge other people, the more judgment is your default, the more you will fear other people's judgment because if you're out here judging other people, you're going to assume that other people are judging you. So what I would do is just work on that. Anyone else's decisions are none of your business. What anyone else does with any of their life is none of your business. And I'm not saying you do judge other people, but I do think that it is a key element in being unapologetically yourself is appreciating when other people are unapologetically themselves. The second thing that we need to be unapologetically ourselves is self-awareness. I probably mention self-awareness in every single podcast episode and that is because I do find it crazy important into figuring out exactly who it is you are, figuring out who this unapologetic version of yourself is because the only way you can be truly unapologetic is if it's truly authentic to you. So you're not going to be unapologetically yourself if you're questioning who you even are, if that makes sense. And the third thing, the third ingredient, if you will, into being unapologetically yourself is not being less. What's the TikTok quote? It's like, if I'm too much, go find less. You do not want to surround yourself with people who make you feel like you are too much. You don't want to surround yourself with that energy besties because of course you're going to question yourself and you're going to feel weird for being unapologetically yourself if you're surrounded by people who make you feel that way. So I would say look at your inner circle and if anyone's out here making you feel weird for being who you are and being confident in that, then you need to reassess this friendship or relationship and pull back a little because when you surround yourself with people who don't appreciate the version of you that you are or you're trying to become it's like self-sabotage because you're never going to be unapologetically yourself if you're consistently feeling like you're judged for being that person and my last and final bit on this is I always say this to myself and to some people sometimes This is not the dress rehearsal besties. This is the timeline that you're in right now. You don't get a second go at this exact life. So if there is a type of person you want to be, if there's something you want to do, do it. And do it unapologetically. Do it because you want to do it and don't look for anyone else's permission. And that is how we're going to end this week's episode, besties. I will see you all again next Thursday. Do not forget to rate this episode. No, don't do that. You can't do that. Rate this podcast five stars. It would mean the world. Thank you for all your support. I love that for me so far. The numbers are kind of fun. I've been charting, which we love to see. And I will see you all next Thursday.